0: Welcome to this episode of WikiWalks, a short podcast devoted to some of the more intriguing and, huh, who knew, articles that you can run across in the weird world of Wikipedia. I'm your host, Chris Grismer. Just a reminder, if you're listening for the first time or you're a longtime listener, be sure to check out our Instagram at WikiWalksPodcast. We post pictures that add a little extra context for each episode that you might find interesting. Now, there's no doubt you've once sat in a math class where you just stared down and written before you was a word problem, asking you to make some calculation about a train leaving New York at X speed and another train leaving at Y speed, and which train will get to Z location first. Well, if you were about 15 miles outside of Waco, Texas in 1896, your question would have been, How far away from the track would I have to be to make sure when these two trains hit each other at 50 miles per hour to ensure I'm not horribly maimed? Do I have your attention? Our story starts in the made-up town of Crush, Texas. It existed for only one horrifying day. And for a few hours, it was the second largest city in Texas. It was located not far from where Interstate 35 would one day be located, the highway connecting Dallas and Austin. And right smack dab in the middle is Waco, a town known for mishaps and shiplap. Times in the late 1800s are rough. Money is tight and jobs are hard to come by. A series of financial panics have left the economy teetering on the edge for several years. Obviously, at this time, the railroad is king. And the Missouri, Kansas, and Texas Railroad, that was its name, I'm not just naming three states for fun, that was the company name, Uh, and it was better known as the Katy. K for Kansas, T for Texas, K, T, Katie. Well, the Katy brainstormed on a marketing ploy to increase passenger revenue. And now the hero slash idiot slash antihero slash, no, I guess I'm just back to idiot now, of our story enters the scene. William George Crush, a passenger agent for the railroad, had a real barn buster of an idea. How's about we get two of them locomotives, put them facing each other, and brings them together in a staged collision for all to see? That's an actual quote. That's not paraphrasing. That's, that's what he said. Maybe not quite like that, but that's what he said. At the time this idea was pitched, the railroad was the big daddy travel industry. It was a dominant force in the economic shipping engine, and the Katy was poised well for future growth. It started in St. Louis, hence the Missouri part of its name, and was actually the first railroad to be built through the Indian Territory, as it was known at the time. Although they were well-established, the industry was becoming increasingly competitive, which led to this outrageous plan. They needed something big. Although the biggest concern was that if one of the train's boilers blew, they would have real trouble on their hands. In fact, all but one of the train engineers said, No! You're out of your mind! I told you never to call me here! But one is all it took! And soon, word of the events flew across the state, and posters were placed all over the various stops along the Katy's Miles of Railway. The event called for people to take a $2 round trip to see the craziness. When the day arrived, 40,000 people descended on the pop-up town of Crush, Texas. Texas was mostly a windswept, dusty cattle ground at this point. Again, this is 1896. So 40,000 people all jammed in a field in the middle of scrub brush nowhere is one heck of a gathering. I mean, this is basically one holographic Tupac Shakur away from a full train cella. In this fictional town, a three-mile stretch of track was laid down. On one end, a 35-ton locomotive, engine number 999. On the other end, another 35-ton locomotive, engine number 1001. And, to really add to the mayhem, Six boxcars were attached to each. Up at the front, there was a huge platform grandstand built for VIPs. An on-site restaurant was created under a tent borrowed from Crush's friend P.T. Barnum. You know, that guy. There were even carnival games, sideshows, all the trimmings of an early disaster movie about to happen. Amongst the crowd of 40,000 was Texas-born pianist Scott Joplin, who wrote The Entertainer, which, if the title doesn't immediately sound familiar, listen to this. Yeah, that guy, he was there. He even wrote a song called The Great Crush Collision March in honor of this event. So, the four o'clock hour hits and the trains begin their march to destiny. Full throttle. They each get to 50 miles per hour. Again, these trains weigh 35 tons. One researcher calculated that the initial impact created 2 million pounds of force with the boxcars adding an additional wave of force throwing shrapnel in every direction. But even worse, The boilers did, in fact, burst. Yep, that happened. And huge chunks of metal were launched into the crowd of 40,000 people. Multiple people died after being struck with screws and bolts and rivets that shot out like musket balls, and dozens upon dozens were horribly maimed and wounded. Some folks walked the tightrope of being opportunistic and idiotic when they rushed the field of debris to grab souvenirs, only to find they were so hot that they had to find immediate medical care for third-degree burns. Oh, 1800s. Don't you ever change. Crush was, of course, fired because you can't just go around killing people with trains. We can't have that. But soon after, Katie had a major uptick in business. And as a result of the spectacle, known far and wide as the Crash at Crush, he was immediately rehired. Because, America. So, even if you kill a few people and permanently wound two dozen more, so long as business is a-boomin', you'll always have a job.